Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. And today's message is titled, So Close. So Close. So have you ever just sat down and asked God, hey, where are you? You know, Maybe you've been in a season where your heart feels a little dry and God feels just a bit distant. Or maybe you're trying to seek him, but he just feels a little bit harder to reach than before. Or maybe you've been doubting his love and even his presence in your life. Maybe you're waiting just to feel him, feel him. And you find yourself disappointed with these false expectations. You're waiting for the goosebumps or the, the winds to flow by you or something supernatural. Maybe you feel so busy with motherhood and life that it's just hard to set time aside for him. And in turn, you feel guilty for your lack of devotion. And then it becomes this vicious cycle. You're busy. You're doing everything. You want more of God, but you're tired. Then you go to bed and you try again the next day. And it's this vicious cycle of wanting more of God, but yet feeling so distant. But what if I told you today he's closer than you think? What if I told you that Jesus is literally right there, right now, in the middle of your day, in the middle of those dishes, in the middle of the chaos, he is right there. And so many times we think he will only meet us when we go into our prayer closet for three hours. And maybe, just maybe, we might feel his presence. Though these times of undisturbed devotion with God are so powerful and much needed, and I encourage you to find that time where it's undisturbed with Jesus. But here's the truth. He doesn't just meet us there. He really is with you always. You don't have to strive and earn his love and his presence. You don't have to be perfect to be granted access to him. You don't have to clock so many hours of prayer and Bible reading time for him to simply turn his face. He's not just, you know, busy answering prayers and then he's like, oh, she clocked three hours. Okay, what's up? You know, like, no, you simply have to allow him to love you. He is not sitting there judging you and constantly mad at your every little mistake. In fact, he's watching you with a smile on his face. And he thinks about just how proud he is of you and how much he loves his sweet daughter. Think about the times you just sit there for a moment and stare at your kids, however old they are at this point in your life. Maybe they're eating or playing or sleeping when they're even that much cuter. And maybe you think to yourself, geez, dude, I just love this kid so much. I, I, these are my kids. I'm so grateful for them. And you're already so proud of them. Whether they're one, two, 17, 15, I don't know. How many times have you just sat there? Maybe they're picking their nose and about to eat that booger. And you're still looking at them like, dude, you're so freaking cute. Like you are so, I love you. You're not thinking, OMG, you know, they're always messing up. They like never get things right. I don't want to be in the same room with these kids another day. Ew, like we're not like that. Granted, do we all have frustrating days? Yes. Do we get a little frustrated with our kids and maybe need space? Of course, because we're normal human beings. But I think you catch what I'm trying to say. God wants to be with you. 
He wants to be with you every second of every day, and he is closer than you think. And here's the truth. Not only is he always with you, but he's always with your children. Always. And I want that to give you peace of mind and heart right now. The times you cannot be with your children, whether they're at school or anywhere else they might be, remember that not only is he close to you, but he is big enough to be just as close to your children, watching over them, protecting them, and pursuing their heart. So, so close. Today we're going to talk about three points, and the first one is he's closer than you think. The second one is never abandoned. And the last one is the time is close. And so let's talk about he's closer than you think. I'm going to share two quick stories in the Bible that I immediately thought about, um, about Jesus being closer to us than we think and then we realize and that we don't even recognize at times. Here's two quick stories in Luke 24. It says, so this is right after Jesus resurrected from the dead and the disciples knew what had happened and um, they knew that he just died on the cross and they're like, man, where's Jesus? What's going on? And so here's a story and it says, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that happened together. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. At this point in the story, they didn't know Jesus had really rose from the dead. They didn't even believe that Jesus told them, I'm going to raise from the dead three days after I die. They heard that from Jesus, but they didn't believe it. And so they were sad at this point. Like, dude, Jesus died. He was my only hope, man. Like he healed me. He set me free and he's gone. So back to the story. Jesus asked them, what are you talking about? And sadness written across their face, they said, then one of them replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened here in the past couple of days. And I skipped a couple of uh, uh, verses in the scripture that I'm sharing only for the sake of getting my point across, but go back and read it yourself because it's details of their conversation. So they begin going back and forth. So they're telling Jesus, uh, Hey, don't you know what happened with this guy, Jesus? And Jesus says a couple things back and forth. And he's like, you didn't believe, like, what do you mean? And then blah, blah, blah. And then it says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. This is Jesus. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road, explaining the scriptures to us? And so I know that story is a little bit, it's a lot and it's kind of jumbled. And I encourage you to go back to Luke 24 and read about this specific part of when they were walking and talking with Jesus, they didn't recognize and all of a sudden their eyes were opened and it was Jesus himself. Not only was he with them and they didn't recognize it at first, but he was explaining the scriptures to him because he cared for his disciples to understand the truth. And they realized, man, when Jesus was talking, there was this fire in my heart. It was burning within me. I knew something was different about this man, and it was Jesus. So that's the first story that I'll break down in a second. The second one is in John 21. And it says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. 
again, going backwards, this was after Jesus died and after he rose from the grave as well. And the disciples were kind of going back to their life. They were, you know, okay, like Jesus died. I heard he rose again. Some believed, some didn't. So fast forward, they were fishing. And it says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. But the disciples, he, they couldn't see who he was. And then he said, hey, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and then you'll get some. So they did and couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. And before... Jesus told them to do this. They were fishing all night, trying to make a living, trying to catch fish all night. They were exhausted and they caught nothing. They had nothing to show for what they were doing. They were frustrated and tired. So Jesus came and he saw them at the shore and he said, throw out your net. And when they threw out their net after listening to Jesus, they didn't even realize it was him. They got a net full of fish. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped, uh, stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed in the boat and pulled the, lo uh, the load, loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Jesus not only did a miracle and said, hey, do it this way, you'll get all the fish, don't worry. But he cooked breakfast and breakfast was waiting for them. Like they didn't even, it was, Jesus is down, you know? And then it's, he, Jesus said, bring some fish that you've just caught, Jesus says. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Dude, these stories go like they're intense to me. And God really spoke to me in these two stories about the fact that he is closer than you think. He is right there in the midst of your life. There are many times in our life where Jesus shows up right in the midst of our day-to-day -day activities. But many times we don't recognize him or at least at first. We count many of these occurrences as coincidences rather than God himself intervening in our life. He is truly, truly closer than you think. He is with us every moment of every day. But his power and intervention in the midst of our life struggles come when we least expect it. They come in the details of our life. These two examples above are so powerful to me. The first one Jesus showed up to answer the questions and doubts the disciples had about their faith. He cares about our questions, our confusion, our doubts, and he will step in and give us the answers and clarity that we are looking for. He's not afraid of our questions and doubts. He's not intimidated by them. In fact, he welcomes them and desires to speak truth and to strengthen our faith. The second example is when Jesus showed up in their struggle to catch fish and make a living. They had been trying and doing all that they could to catch fish and make money, make a living, and they ended up feeling frustrated and discouraged because they had no luck. Then Jesus shows up, but they didn't recognize him at first. Jesus simply gave them instructions, and as they followed, they were blessed with all they needed and more. And not only that, they were able to handle the blessing that God gave them. The net didn't tear. You know, God's desire 
is to show up in these moments of our life. He desires to answer the questions in our heart, to give hope for our doubts, to give wisdom and ability to make a living, to help us to be a mom and make the right decisions for our kids, to strengthen our marriages and relationships, to encourage our weary hearts, to give us strength and creativity to crush those fitness goals, to reveal our purpose and passion, to open doors in ministry, to be used by him, to do great things, and so much more. My point is, in sharing these examples, is that God is closer than you think. He cares about the details of your life, and he will step in and intervene to help you in every single area. He cares about your spiritual growth, your health, your finances, your family, your kids, your job, your talents, your purposes, your everything. And so I encourage you this week to ask God to open your eyes so that you can see him in the midst of your life. To open your eyes to see that he is closer than we might feel or think. Ask him to allow you. Um, ask, ask him to allow Ask him to come in to every aspect of your life and to lead you because ultimately he gives the best wisdom, guidance, and advice that you could ever get. And just simply ask him to remind you just how close he really is to you. I'm going to end this first point with two verses and it says Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So there are so many verses about God's closeness to us in the Bible, but I love this one because I know we're not necessarily talking about the times in our life when we're, are, we're brokenhearted, but some of you may feel like that today. I, I don't know. Or there might be seasons where you felt like that and you felt like God was distant or seasons to come, but the truth is, is that he is close to you in those times of brokenness. And in Psalms 145, 18, it says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. All of you are calling on him. That's it. Whether it's in your mind, in your heart, in your prayers, in your worship, in your journaling, or in those silent moments where you're sitting, you're calling out to him and it says, he is close to you. He is close to all who call on him in truth. And Jesus is the truth. Calling on him in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, coming before him is, is what gives you the ability to be so close to him. So he is closer than you think. Let's go on to our next point, and that is never abandoned. Have you ever believed the lie that God has left you? Have you allowed your emotions to dictate what you believe to be as true? I know that we all have, including myself. Many times I felt distant from God simply because I couldn't physically feel him during worship like I could before, or... I felt I couldn't hear back from him when I cried out to him or the times I feel he hasn't answered my desperate prayers. But the truth is he has never left us and has promised to never abandon us. I mean, think about our love for our children again. Like, could we ever think of abandoning them? Of course not. The thought of it makes me sick to my stomach. Even on their worst days, the days that they're totally not listening or disobeying or talking back or throwing food or coloring on the walls or skipping school or whatever you deal with, we would never say, you know what, buddy, I'm done. Um, let's go ahead and pack up your bags. I'm going to drop you off at the park and you can just figure things out from there. 
you know? I mean, that's, like, horrible. Like, who would ever think of that? Like, you know, no, like, this isn't working out. Of course not. But God, too, could never imagine leaving us. His precious children, whom he died for because his love was all-consuming, unfailing, unconditional, and forever and ever. Amen. If any of you know that song reference, Randy Travis goes hard. One of my favorite songs. It's uh, Homer and I's love song. I mean, not like that, but like uh, it's one of our favorite songs to dance to. <laughs> forever and ever. Amen. You haven't heard it before. It is, dude, it'll make you cry. It is such a beautiful love song. But to me, I'm like, dude, that's God. He's like, dude, I'm with you forever and ever. Amen. Period. That's it. There is nothing that you can do that would push God away from you. I'm not saying to make, I'm not saying this to make anyone think, oh, you know, dive into sin, not care at all. Oh, greasy grace. No, that's not what we preach. But what I'm saying is that God loves us when we're all cleaned up and obedient in the times that we roll around in the mud and run away from him. His arms are wide open to receive us back into his arms. And he doesn't care whether you're on, you know, Cloud nine, getting everything right, or you fell again and you're rolling in the mud and he'll hug you regardless of how messy you feel. He's not afraid of your mess. In fact, he's already done the work on the cross to clean up that mess and make you white as snow. So I want you to know that even though you have felt abandoned by those that you've loved, maybe your ex, maybe the person you're in the relationship with right now, your husband, your spouse, Maybe it's been your parents. I mean, true talk right there, right? Maybe your family of some sort. Maybe your friends. Maybe even your children. God will never abandon you. I know that people in our lives have hurt us and others have hurt us beyond measure. I know that others have abandoned you because of your mistakes, your shortcomings, and your flaws. And you're left feeling not enough, not worthy of love not wanted and abandoned. But I promise that God never will. He sees past those things. His passionate love for you never loses its grip on your heart. His love for you overtakes your worst days and still sees you through the eyes of love, mercy, forgiveness, and grace. You are never abandoned. I'm going to share a couple of verses on this point. John 14, 16 through 18, and it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus right here is talking about the Holy Spirit, that when Jesus um, ascended into heaven after walking on earth, after, after dying on the cross, raising from the dead, he went back to heaven to sit next to God. And he told us, the disciples were like, oh no, Jesus, you're leaving. You're going to go back up. You're leaving. What are we going to do? They were afraid of the feeling of abandonment. He goes, oh, don't worry. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God himself. He's saying, I will send it to you. I will not abandon you. I would never think of doing that. And his Holy Spirit is literally, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, inside of your heart, like it's just right there. And it's inside of you and it will never leave you. 
And he wants you to know that, that just because Jesus is now in heaven, his spirit is with you always. And that spirit is the same, has the same power as Jesus himself being right there with you because he loves you. In Psalms 27, 10, it says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. I mean, this verse has actually really spoke to me um, in seasons in my life when I've had some issues with my both of my parents, you know, no relationship is perfect, right? And um, there's been times where I felt very lonely, very abandoned, very, you know, every person desires their parents to love them and protect them and care for them and just care. And God would speak this verse to me. And I always remember in these times, just God saying, I'm holding you close. So whether that's something you've been through, maybe it's not your father and mother, maybe it is. No matter who's abandoned you, the Lord will hold you close. In Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and don't panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And there are so many verses that you can find about God not abandoning you. And if you feel like that or have felt like that, I encourage you, go find those verses in the Bible. Go write them all down and remind yourself every day that, no, he's literally right here. He hasn't left me. Isaiah 49, 15 through 16, last verse on this point. And it says, never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palm of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls and ruins. I love this verse because he's like totally like, hey, grape top moms, like, hey, moms, you know, as you fed your baby at the breast or with the bottle or whatever you did, but you fed your baby, right? You're loving your baby. You're caring and nursing your baby. He says, can you literally just be like, oh, like you don't forget about your child that you're loving and caring for. You can never think of doing that. He's like, in the same way, I literally have your name on my hand. You know, like, see, like I have my kid's name right here. You know, he has your name on his hand because that's how close the thought about you is to him. And so he will never abandon you is my point. And I hope that that registers as true in your heart tonight. And so let's end on our last point. The time is close. The time is close. So let's read. We're going to do a curveball right here talking about things being so close. And in Matthew 24, it says, However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen. Dang, you hear that right there? People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch. For you don't know the day your Lord is coming. Understand this. 
If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. I mean, I know you're probably like, what? We're talking about him being close. Yes, he is close. And the time for his return is close. For us to be with him forever in the closeness he designed us to be with him in eternity. So let's talk about the end times here for a moment. I don't know about you, but it's starting to look a little bit more and more like the time is coming soon, you know? And I know at first hand that might sound disheartening to some. I know we're all Christians. We're like, yes, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Like, But when you think about it, you're like, oh, snap. Like, how's that going to work? You know, like, he's going to come and then we go. Like, And so why is it sometimes a little bit truthfully disheartening? Why? Because some of you might be thinking, but I want to like grow old or like find my husband or see my kids live their whole life and experience so much more. Like I want to do this and that. Like, is that bad to say? You know, like I want to live my whole life, but if Jesus is coming soon, like I'm excited, but you know, but what we don't understand is that the end of the age does not signify the end. It signifies only the beginning of eternity with Jesus. The Bible says he has prepared a place for us. He's prepared things for us in eternity that our minds can't even fathom right now. Like being with Jesus is going to be greater than the greatest joys we've experienced in our lifetime so far. I know we've all had sorrows, but a lot of us have had beautiful joys like the birth of our children or um, just many crazy, amazing things like successes, accomplishments, friendships, relationships, whatever those things are. And you won't be missing out on anything, even though it feels like it in our earthly mind, but going, it's, you're gaining something so much greater. I too want to live out my whole life on earth with my children, experience all the joys stored up for us. And I, I want it all. Like I want to live old like my grandparents did. I want to see my kids get married. And I'm not even saying though, right now that this is not going to happen for any of us. What I'm saying is that the time is close. Will it be in our lifetime? Very possible. Will it be later? Maybe. <laughs> you know, um, in generations to come, maybe. There have been many generations before us that were convinced that the time was near as well. But here we are. But what I am saying is that the Bible has given clear signs of what to look for as the end draws near. And those signs have been a little bit obvious, if you ask me. So why am I sharing this with you right now? Because I want to inspire hope in these wicked and dark times that we are currently experiencing. God says that in heaven, when we are with him, that there will be no more sorrow, no more death, no more uh, pain, no more tears, no more of this crazy wickedness that we are seeing all around us. So this is to give you hope that this isn't our forever. This is also to motivate you to take your faith with Jesus seriously, not uh, fearfully, but take it serious because Jesus at the end of this life is all we have. And of course the saints and being with all these people that love Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Right. 
It's also to encourage you to allow Jesus to really be the Lord of your life and of your household. To strive to put Jesus first in every area of your life. To surrender things to him that are no longer bringing you closer to him. To get ready and be prepared for his coming. To teach your children now about Jesus. All of our children are so many different ages. But no matter what age they are, you can share the love of Jesus with them. If it's little babies, you can sing songs to them. They, they may not be able to understand you're holding them in your arms. Sing them the Jesus songs. If they're toddlers, get them a little baby Bible book, right? Teach them the things. You'd be surprised at how children actually soak up the Word of God and they can memorize Scripture quicker than I can sometimes. It's crazy, you know? But He will come back to get us. So we can once again be with him and close to him forever. Not just in spirit, but physically with them for eternity like he has always intended it to be. Did you know that the Bible says when we go up to heaven and he raises us from the dead or if we're alive, he's going to shoot us up in the air and say, hey, come on, let's go. That we leave this earthly body behind and we get a new heavenly body like, hey, you know, you're going to get your new heavenly body. And it's going to be perfect, girl. Like, no, no worries. And we get to be with Jesus forever and ever. He wants to deliver us from this wicked world, from the lies of the enemy, from lawlessness, the tears, the pain, the heartache. And he wants to hold you close and fill you with everlasting joy. So allow your heart to ponder these truths this week. Ask God to help you to see that his coming is truly good and something to look forward to. And allow peace to fill your heart and your mind as you trust in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to end on this verse, Matthew 28, 20. And it says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He is with you and he is so close to you right now. And he says, even to the end, girl, even to the end of this age that we now know and then forever in eternity. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.